All right, dudes. Oh, good luck, Will. Good luck. I know. I wish I was playing Bryce. Gosh, and I wish I was playing Birdman. Goodness gracious, John. What an <laughs> easy matchup. Gosh. Well, I yeah, I'm actually kind of – I wish – I really wish that – well, it would have taken Kyle losing. I, I just wish so bad Omar were to beat Kyle because I wanted Kyle to be out of the playoffs. Oh, I me thought, too. I think it would have been too. great if Birdman made it in. So but. you guys – I have a question. You guys had me as number one in the power rankings and did not pick me to win the league. What gives? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the FL FFFL podcast, episode 15. It is your host, Matthew Honeycutt, and I am joined again tonight with William Myers, co-host and also co-host John Lassie. What's going on, guys? How are we feeling? It's the playoffs are upon us. Playoffs are upon us. My first time in our league missing the playoffs. I'll try to do good in the podcast and care about fantasy football. Thank you. It, it you know it's it's really <laughs> nice when you go from like the seventh seed to the two seed in the playoffs in one week. Happened. In yeah, one week, because that's yeah. what happened to your boy. So I'm feeling good. I got a tough matchup this week. I would have preferred to play a different team, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, but and then feeling I mean, very good. Yeah, and I mean it was a great week out there for um, for fantasy football. A lot of crazy things happened. A lot of last-minute starts with success, just crazy. Um, but I mean, let's let's get into it. Quick pod stats update. What's going on, Lassie, with the pod stats? We are up to two fifty-two plays all time, which is awesome. That's up from like two thirty-one last week. So we had a lot of people listen. Estimated audience of sixteen and eighteen unique listeners. And as always, uh, to our favorite listeners out there, you can follow us at flffl underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. DM us a question, uh, mailbag question, or you can email us at flffl.pod at gmail.com, and we um, would love to answer your questions. We got our first ever emailed mailbag question this week. So Heck nice. yeah. We're Pretty big cool. time. Big time. Yeah. So I think we're going to get to that. We're going to answer that question. Uh, I think it's something that's relevant to, was it last, or uh, the last few podcasts we've mentioned the player, so. Yeah, and it's it's pretty general fantasy relevance, so we can talk about it before we get into our league. Cool. Sweet. Well, let's dive in. What do we got for quick takeaways from week 14? Wrapping it up, Will, kick us off. Yeah, this one I think it, it's, it's funny when you have people that surprise you in fantasy football. And this year we've had someone that's definitely surprised me at wide receiver, the 12th ranked, ranked wide receiver in fantasy football is my man, Hunter Renfro. The guy averages almost 16 fantasy points. He's got three straight games, over 20 points. <clears throat> He's only been less than double digits twice in 13 games. Um, the guy's a machine, and he gets quite a few targets. Uh, it's it's really, really impressive what he's been able to do this season. Um, his production's been fantastic. And he's really turned into someone who is, you know, at the very least, a really, really good flex option. So um, he's been great. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he's been a surprise. And actually, I think, Will, you've kind of flip-flopped on this guy. You weren't a big fan, didn't think he was a good wide receiver one or two. And now, I mean, he's deserved the the calling of being a wide receiver one, I think. Yeah, he's, and he went through a stretch where he was like at like a 11, 6, and 12 points. And I was, you know, I was like, come on. Come on. You know, come on. But he's really – Cranked it up, especially the last three weeks. He did not score over 20 points until week 12, and he's gone three straight weeks weeks scoring over 20. So, yeah, I was definitely cool on him. Um, obviously, I think he's a good football player, but just from a fantasy perspective, you know, I didn't think there was much upside there, but it turns out I was wrong. And I have not yet been wrong this season, apparently, as we look back on the regular season. I've been spot on with every single one of my takes, so – this is kind of oh shocking. Yeah, oh, how's, wow. how's Terrace Marshall doing? How's yeah, does man. he even play anymore? I mean, she <laughs> is. <laughs> That's a legit question. I have no idea if he still. It's got to be one of the worst takes we've had. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to call Hunter Renfo a wide receiver one. I mean, obviously by ranking, technically he is. <clears throat> He's absolutely a great football player. I'd say definitely more than a flex for sure. I mean, in that, I mean, he's in that top wide receiver two category, but. I mean, he's gotten, you know, 20 points his last three weeks, but hasn't Darren Waller also been hurt? That's what I was going to bring up. So, I think it really correlates with Waller being out. I think he's been out for two weeks now, so there was one week where he still played well, but I think he's just getting a lot more volume. Yeah. Waller, he definitely Waller. is. If you look at his target numbers, he is the go-to guy when Waller's out, it seems. so. Which, yeah. again, he's still – obviously, he's a great player because he's capitalizing on those, but I, I just – I mean, to be in that top tier of wide receivers – consistently he'd have to do this what he's been doing you know on a way more consistent basis for me to feel good about drafting him as a as a wide receiver one. Oh yeah definitely not drafting wide receiver one and so will maybe to clarify were you looking at it more from the ranking perspective or like hey Only. you're, you're willing to say oh, okay yeah yeah no I do not think Hunter Renfro is someone you would draft in the first or second or probably third round of a fantasy football draft yeah, well, that's that's good to clarify because I, you know, I think by technically you're right for a 12 team league, he's ranked 12th, so technically he would be, you know, a, a right. wide receiver one on a team. But I don't think I think we would all agree you you shouldn't draft him as a wide receiver one. Nope. Like you're not going to draft him in the same way you draft Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, you know. Correct. Cooper Cup, those guys. Of course, those guys, but probably not even someone like you know Mike Evans. You know. I'd, People draft in Mike Evans before they draft on a run for I would hope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Anyway. All right. That's a great takeaway. John, you want to hit us with your takeaways from week 14? Yeah. So I saw this on Twitter and I thought it was interesting. Um, definitely not. Um, it doesn't mean, I mean, mean that these guys who've replaced this other guy have, you know, held up the other, their production elsewhere. But Derrick Henry, when he was playing this season, averaged 4.28 yards per carry prior to his injury. So that was the first, you know, however many weeks he played eight, eight or nine weeks, I guess. Um, and since then the Tennessee running backs combined, um, you know, when they're carrying the ball are averaging 4.69 yards per carry, which is just cool. It's like, Hey, they've stepped up at least in the yard in the yardage, you know, yards per carry. Now I'm, I'm sure I haven't watched many Tennessee games, but I'm sure their, their game plan is not the same. They're probably not running as much or as high volume. Um, and they're not keeping up in the touchdown department as well. I mean, Derrick Henry had like 
a, a ton of touchdowns. Um, and I think they've only scored two or three of them between them the last five games now. So not keeping up the production elsewhere, but it's cool to see that they've stepped up and are actually averaging more yards per carry than Derrick Henry did. Interesting. Well, and then, I mean, the word on the street is Derrick Henry could make an appearance. When that will happen, I don't know. Could it affect the playoffs, though? Fantasy football playoffs. What are your y'all's thoughts, Dion? It shouldn't because someone outside of the playoffs, I would expect, is likely to pick him up. But someone might have stashed him, and then, yes, it would obviously have a huge impact if he could come back before week 18. But, I mean, a, a speculative ad for somebody, I think that's up in the cards, wouldn't y'all say? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you want to you want to put especially if you have a I mean, if you have a bench spot to give, you know, you want to kind of fill your bench with guys with a with a high level of upside. And if Derrick Henry comes back for any part of the fantasy playoffs, he has probably the highest upside of anybody on on the waiver wire um, right now. So in our in our group text about our our league, you know, we had one of the managers send that link out from nfl.com um, that said Titan star running back Derrick Henry on track to return by playoffs or sooner. Um, I, I was understanding that to mean fantasy playoffs, but obviously nfl.com is meaning the real playoffs. Uh, but still, if he comes back sooner than that, he could, you know, by week 17 or sooner, he could, uh, could have a big impact for a team. Yeah. I mean, I think if you can insert Derrick Henry for any week that fantasy football is going on, that's a win. If yeah. it comes back. So yeah. I would be shocked if if the Titans are have sealed a playoff spot um by week eighteen or seventeen even, I would be completely shocked if Derrick Henry plays at all in the regular season. <clears throat> and if I'm I not think- mistaken, the Titans are still um they still they still are in playoff contention and are currently like a six seed, maybe. Let me see. Not quite sure. I, I, Yeah, the only thing I can think of is that they may want to give him a few touches in week 18 just to prepare him for the playoffs. But I agree with you. I doubt if if they're if they've got it sewn up and they're in the playoffs for sure, unless they're trying to get a different type of seed, I don't think he plays much. Yeah, the Titans currently are the two seed. So yeah. I you know, they're they're not gonna <clears throat> I mean obviously that because the, the two seed versus the three seed matters for the second round but there's no longer two buys right there's only one buy in the regular in the real playoffs so you know if if the patriots who are also nine and four uh you know have a game up or whatever in the tiebreaker i would be shocked if derrick Henry played during the regular season but we'll see yeah we'll see well uh my takeaway i'm gonna take y'all to the stat lab and i want to compare two different receivers and I want y'all to, to give me throw out some guesses of who you think these these receivers are. So receiver A has 78 receptions, um, 972 yards, seven TDs, and has scored 219.2 fantasy points. And in our league specifically, he was drafted 14th overall. Okay, y'all got that? Okay. Okay. That's that's receiver A. Receiver B has 81 receptions. 
130 targets, which I didn't talk about targets for the other person, but that's a ton of targets. Um, 990 yards, six TDs, 223.3 points, fantasy points. And then this receiver was drafted 44th overall in our league. I'm not sure what their ADA ADP is for all leagues, but um, who do y'all believe mm. receiver A and B are? Are these how many games have we played? There's there have been 13 or 14 games. Um, it depends on I'm most I we have played 14. Played. The, all the Every, players have played 13. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And buys are done. Right. So it doesn't matter. I was just looking at what the averages were. I need yeah. to look at the receivers real quick here. Hmm. Well, what do you think? Any guesses? <clears throat> 14th overall would have probably been like the third or fourth receiver taken. Um, so I'm trying to think on who that would be. Probably someone like, I don't know, Justin Jefferson for that first number. Yeah, I would say I was going to guess like Chris Godwin maybe. I don't know if he went that early. 14th would be high, um, but maybe. Because it's not going to be like Adams or Hill. Those guys should have been gone by that point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I'm trying to think who was like the preseason number three wide receiver. And I'm struggling to think of anybody who that might be. I'm going to say, I'm, my guess is Chris Godwin. Okay. And, then, um, and who's B? Who Lassie. There. Uh, man, that's a great question. Maybe no, he wasn't drafted that late. Not, and it's not Debo because he's has a way a lot more points than that. Maybe like a, um, like a Deontay Johnson or um, who else was drafted in his area? Um, I was going to say Amari Cooper, but I think Cooper went. I'm, I'm changing my, my first pick to DK Metcalf. Okay. And then the second one I think is going to be Deontay Johnson. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to say Godwin and Johnson. All right. Y'all both got one right. I'm I'm really shocked. I'm surprised. Um, y'all know your stuff, I guess. <laughs> Um, so wide receiver A was 78 receptions, 972 yards, 7 TDs, 219 points. This guy was probably around wide receiver three, wide receiver four in a lot of early or, or most drafts. And that was Stefan Diggs. Mm, and so okay. cool. he is current. He's not like way underperforming, but he is wide receiver 10 right now. And so I think preseason or draft, I think people were hoping to get a lot more out of him based off how Definitely. Allen was supposed to play and so i think he's underperformed a little bit but not hugely and then uh b is deontay johnson i mean he has been he is a wide receiver one and and i drafted him in our league um and most people probably drafted him in the area of 44th or whatever round that is and so he has way overperformed uh where i think he, he was probably in more of the wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two range, and he's really performed as a wide receiver one. And so he's kind of my takeaway. He had a great week last week, and he has, as you can see, 130 targets. Um, and then this is a crazy stat. As much as this shocked me when I heard it, I think it was on CBS, and they were 
they were throwing out the stat on Roethlisberger that he actually has the most downfield over 30 yard attempts. Now, Big Ben does. It's because they're always down. He's trying to push it downfield to score. Yeah. And so Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson have act- actually, when they connect, um, it has really benefited them because he, he has actually tossed it down the field quite a bit. He has the, he's had the most attempts. Wow. That way. Props that to Big Ben. Yeah, yeah, that's shocking. Very shocking. Um, so I thought that was interesting, and I'm just a fan. I know he's on my team, and so I'm, I know a little bit more about him. I'm going to watch more games. But I think overall, Deontay Johnson has overperformed where probably most people drafted him in leagues. So that's my takeaway. Nice. For this week. Last, you going to add something? No, well, I was just going to say, I was looking at, you know, I was doing a little bit of the math of the averages. That's what made me think of Johnson because I've I've had my eye on him a little bit throughout the season, and it seems like he's always scoring in that 17-ish range, um, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's that's why I guessed him. And then I, I similar kind of to, to why I chose Godwin, but Diggs was a good, a good map or a good uh, comparison there. Yeah, and Johnson has averaged 18.6 points per week. Hmm. When Diggs is at sixteen point nine, so um, that's kind of the difference there. Um, but that's our uh, quick takeaways for Week fourteen. Um, real quick, we're going to run through top four player rankings, um, and this is where people have landed. Maybe in the regular season of fantasy football, if you have as many weeks as what we play. And so, quarterbacks, we have Tom Brady, the goat, uh, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Matthew Stafford. Um, RBs, we have Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, and Lenny Fournette rounds out. And I think Joe Mixon dropped out of that group. Um, in the wide receivers, we have Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Debo Samuel dropped out of the top four. And then tight ends, we have Mark Andrews, who stepped in that top spot, which is, is interesting. We may circle back around and talk about that. Travis Kelsey is two. George Kittle has really turned it on these last two weeks and is now number three in tight ends. And then Hawkinson, who didn't even play last week and still makes the top four. So <clears throat> any any big-time things that stick out with those top fours as we finish the regular season? I know we don't want don't to spend a ton of time on this, but just looking through this, I mean, guys that I wouldn't expect to be in the top four are Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford. Would not have expected that. Um, would not have expected Leonard Fournette and maybe Najee Harris. Wouldn't have expected Cooper Cup, obviously. Uh, those other guys, I, I can make that case. And then all the tight ends, that makes sense. Like, I would have expected all those guys. Yeah, and I'll add, like, I don't think it's particularly shocking that Brady's in the top four. I agree with you, John. I would not have expected it, but I think it's not shocking that he's there. It's more shocking that he's number one. I think yeah, that's agreed. probably the most agreed. shocking thing. Mm-hmm. Um but the other guys, I think you could make a case for any of them before the season that they were going to be in the top four. Justin Herbert might be a little bit surprising because you might think, you know, somebody, <clears throat> you know, is, is is probably more seasoned is going to be in there. Russell Wilson, for example, or um, Kyler Murray or whatever. But you could make a case for him before the season, I think. Running back, I think having Leonard Fournette in the top four is really surprising. Having Jonathan Taylor number one is really surprising to me because – you know, beginning of the season, you think Christian McCaffrey, you think Alvin Kamara, you think Derrick Henry. 
Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor's just been really, really good. And then Cooper Cup being number one overall might be the most surprising thing. Yeah. And he's the best player on this entire list. So, um, yeah. I yeah, still, I'm, I would still be pretty surprised at Tom Brady being anywhere in the top four. I mean, you think about guys like Aaron Rodgers and like you mentioned, Russell was uh, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, all those guys I would have could, you know, just because of their age, I mean, Dak has been a top four quarterback before, so yeah. and he's had a bad season. All those guys, I'm, I'm just like, I would have picked, like, if you would have told me, you know, who do you bet on, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, more likely to be in the top four, I would have gone Aaron Rodgers nine out of ten times. I mean, I guess I probably would have too, and I, I probably agree with you, but I guess whenever you're looking at that really good quarterback level, I feel like there's not much that separates the top, honestly, like ten dudes. You know, you can throw That's these true. four on this list and then Rodgers and Wilson and Kyler Murray and all those guys. And I feel like from a fantasy perspective, week in and week out, they all typically perform. Now, this year, some of those guys have not quite performed as well. But, you know, in the past they have. And I, I think the reason why I think the difference Brady, The difference from number one to number 10 is 307.8 to 226.2. All right, so 80 points. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty pretty big. And yeah. so Brady is technically number three overall in points right now, okay. which is just crazy to Behind me. Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also something that jumps out is to look at some of the, the stacks that you could have. Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Yeah. Shoot. Whoever has that stack. Matthew man, Stafford, Cooper Cup. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. And then you have, um, I mean. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, that would never Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, and then, but that's actually a good point because uh, Patrick Mahomes is actually number five yeah. in quarterbacks. And so, I mean, KC, it's good to have their offense, obviously, performance-wise in fantasy football, even even though they've had a down year, which is crazy to think. That's that's really crazy. Um, but that's how, it's, that's how it's shaking out. I mean, I love seeing a guy like Leonard Fournette who's kind of revived his career. Uh, be in those top four. That's really cool to see. And then it's really cool to see a rookie, Najee Harris, be in the top four. Um, so interesting to see how it shook out. Um, and um, I think we can move on past top fours. Is that cool with y'all? Yep. Okay. I think we are ready to get to our mailbag question to help some people out there in the fantasy world. Let's do it. We got our, our very first mailbag question emailed to us by uh, none other than Matthew Myers, um, who we found out to is he listened to the podcast in Jamaica. So he was our Jamaican listener last week. Um, faithful, so faithful listener. Shout Appreciate out Matthew that. Myers for that. Uh, he is a also he wanted us to let, let the, everyone know he's a two time FL FFFL champion. So mm-hmm. he asked. Did OBJ Odell Beckham Jr. become fantasy relevant as soon as Will declared him irrelevant? That is a great question, Matthew Myers. Mm. And we're going to just toss it right up to Will. What do you got there, Will? This is a really good question. Now, I, I would say that this is a coincidence because what I think really happened is Odell Beckham Jr. became fantasy relevant as soon as Robert Woods got hurt. And those are right around the same time. So uh, people, I'm going to call you on that because you were given OBJ a little bit of grief after that point. Yeah, because he was irrelevant until he became relevant. And that was right when Robert Woods <laughs> got hurt. So, 
Um, no, I think, uh, I think, look, everyone knows Odell Beckham Jr. is incredibly talented. Like, the dude is a player. Um, and Robert Woods getting hurt definitely helped his production. I think he's a head case, and I think he's difficult to trust still. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the last three weeks, he's got 19, 10, and 19, which is good, but, you know, that that's not necessarily consistency that you might be looking for. Now, he does have a touchdown every one of his last three games. That's which great is also to see. not sustainable. Exactly. So mm-hmm. um, I do think he is now fantasy relevant. Do I think that relevancy will continue at this pace? No, I do not. Um, but yeah, he did. He did uh, coincidentally become fantasy relevant right around the time I said he was irrelevant. And Joe so, Mixon had a really good year right around the time I said he was the worst running back in the world. So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go ahead and run say it right now. I think Devontae Adams stinks. I think Devo Samuel stinks. <laughs> I think Kyler Murray is overrated. And I think Saquon Barkley is washed up and he has no future in the NFL. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that. Wow. Those are all guys on my team. I'm really I really believe those things that I'm saying. And I expect <laughs> them to uh, do incredibly poorly the next three weeks. Nice. Trying to do some reverse psychology on your players. Let um, me ask you this, guys. So if you're if you're a fantasy owner out there with Odo Buckham Jr. and you're in the playoffs, let's say you're, you know, I mean, really any seed in the playoffs. So let's say you're one of the bottom seeds, six through eight seed, let's say. Where do you trust putting Odell Beckham Jr. in your lineup? Flex. That's and it, it really depends on roster construction, individual rosters, but I would not really feel comfortable putting him in my wide receiver too. Yeah. I would not feel very good about my roster if that's the case. Yeah. So the, the person that asked this question, um, his roster is running back heavy. He's got about four viable running backs on his roster, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, David Montgomery, and DeAndre Swift. So, he's not necessarily worried about his flex because he, assuming they're healthy, he can slide them in there. He also has Jalen Hurts and Travis Kelsey at the quarterback and the tight end position. So obviously when you're that good somewhere, you probably have a hole and it's, it's at wide receiver. He has DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham Jr. So look, I I think, you know, DeAndre Hopkins position rank is 28th. Which he has not, he's not played well. No, Odell Beckham Jr. is 60th. So even after his, Last three games, Odo Beckham Jr. is still averaging or scoring after everyone has had their buys, the 60th best in the league. Now, obviously, he's doing much better recently because with a different team, Robert Woods is out, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't, I'm not yet ready to say like I'm confident Odo Beckham Jr. to produce in the playoffs. Like, Honeycutt, you're absolutely right. It depends on your roster. And this person is going to have to ride with Odo Beckham Jr. or Odo Beckham Jr., he does not have another healthy wide receiver on his roster. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on roster construction. But if you have other options um, who might have averaged less than Odo Beckham Jr. over the last three weeks but are in a good offense, you know, maybe you think about starting them. I mean, yeah, it's for, for other people out there in different fantasy leagues who may be looking for advice, I just – yes, he's had three – He's had two good games in the past three. But like y'all said, very touchdown dependent. His targets are okay with 10, 5, and 7. I just wouldn't – if I have any other option, 
that's viable, I think I'm going with them. So who do you trust more there, let's say, in your flex, Van Jefferson or Odell Beckham Jr.? Both vying for that number two spot in L.A. I think the last three weeks when they've all been on the field together, um, it looks like o, uh, um, Odell is getting more targets. Uh, I think that's correct. The last three weeks, so someone pull up o- OBJ. I have Van Jefferson here. The last three I have, weeks, I have OBJ. He, he's gotten nine, eight, and three targets. Well, that's pretty. He's so also OBJ scored has... a touchdown every game, and he's averaged or he's gotten eighteen point three, sixteen point one, and fourteen point eight. That is crazy because then that means I mean obviously Cooper Cup is still performing as well because he's the number yeah. one wide receiver. <laughs> so they have three receivers who are all getting their touches. I mean, I don't know. Uh, so OBJ has 10, 5, and 7 targets with 5, 2, and 6 receptions. I think that's going to be one of those things where on a week-to-week basis, you don't know who's going to actually produce. Yeah. Now, they, they seem to be both producing, which is good news, and maybe there is room for three legit wide receivers, including the best wide receiver in the game right now, to um, be in that offense. But I would be hard-pressed to – think that that's going to be how it stays. You know what I mean? Like Cooper Cup's going to be scoring a ton of points fantasy-wise. He's going to be getting a ton of targets. I just don't know if there's room for two other viable fantasy options. Now, I don't think one is necessarily going to outplay the other on a consistent basis. So I think it might be one of those things where week to week, you just kind of kind of flip the coin and hope it comes up your way. Yeah. That's a good point. I just, um, you know, I think looking at Van Jefferson, you know, his, he had th- three receptions on nine targets um, for 93 yards and a touchdown. Then he had six receptions on eight targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. Then, so this last game, you know, I'm happy with the points. I, I, I have him on my team. I'm happy with the points. He got 14.8 points, but I'm not super thrilled about he had two for he was two for three for fifty eight yards and a touchdown. So, right, both of those it's like you know the really those last two games he's kind of touchdown dependent. If you take the touchdown away, he's very mediocre or worse. You know, um, OBJ. I don't know if I mean that's you know that ten point game is rough for OBJ, but the other two nineteen point games are pretty good even without the touchdown. So yeah, yeah. It's I, like I said. I don't trust him yet. Maybe he's fantasy relevant again, but I haven't seen enough to like really put a ton of trust into him. Can I can I toss in a uh, a non fantasy related mailbag question real quick to you guys? Sure. sure, go for it. Are y'all gonna gonna watch any of the PNC Championship this weekend? Do you know what that is? If you're a sports fan, you should know what it is. Based off our silence, I would say probably no. Probably not. The golf tournament. It is a golf yeah. tournament for masters cha- or for uh, major champions and their, you know, a family member. Yeah, and Tiger, t- Tiger and, and Charlie are playing again. Yeah. It'll be the first first time. first time we see Tyler ba- Tiger back on the course uh, since his injury and accident. So, pretty pumped about it. You're a Tiger guy. I love Tiger. Tiger guy. Interesting. <laughs> well, um, that was a great mailbag question. Thank you for sending in Matthew Myers. We appreciate it. And we will give you props. You are a two-time champion. 
and and could be a third. Who knows what's going to happen this this year in the playoffs? Still has a good roster, as you can tell from all his running backs he has on his team. Um, but let's go into some top performers from last week for Week 14. Will, who you got? So this player had another really good week. Um, they keep giving him snaps from the Wildcat position within the 10-yard line, and he is scoring seemingly every time. And that person is James Conner. The guy has been on a tear really the whole season. Um, whenever at the beginning of the season, it wasn't sure how much he'd play. You had Chase Edmonds, whatever. Chase Edmonds ends up getting hurt, but this guy scored 14 touchdowns. He's played in 13 games, and he's only had two, three games, excuse me, in single digits, and only one game since week three. So since week three, he's been at double digits every game except for one, and he's been over 40 one time, been over 30 one time, been over 20 twice, been over 15 pretty much every single time with the exception of, I think, three games in that span. So the guy's been remarkably consistent. He's been very good. You know, his yards have rarely been great. He has not yet had 100 yards rushing. Some games he's combined for well over 100 all-purpose yards, but he's just scoring so many touchdowns. He's scoring so many touchdowns. It's unbelievable. He's been a really, really good player for uh, whoever's got him this year. And um, those Wildcat inside the tens, he's been money for the Cardinals. He's scored it seemingly every time. So really, really good option for them in the red zone. Awesome. I mean, yeah, he's had a touchdown every game he's played in. I know it. maybe he's averaging that at least, which is nuts. Yeah, he's averaging over a touchdown a game. Now he's Man, only not scored a touchdown. Now weeks one and two, he – Barely played. He landed 5.3 and 2.6 fantasy points. So not really relevant. But since week three, he's been in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. And he scored a touchdown in nine of those and has scored two touchdowns in one, two, three, four, five of those games. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's crazy. Crazy. Lassie, what you got for us? Yeah, so we talked about Hunter Renfro earlier. Will had him in his uh, his takeaway, but he had he uh, killed it this week. He had thirteen. He was thirteen for fourteen, hundred seventeen yards and a touchdown uh, for twenty nine point seven points. The last three weeks, he's had eleven targets on average, um, nine, ten, and fourteen. Um, he's been over a hundred yards the last three weeks. Only has one touchdown. Uh, in those weeks, but still he's been 22.6, 20.2 and 29.7. So he's been killing it. Um, and he had a great week this week. And then another guy I've mentioned before, Taysom Hill, God. um, is just like, for some reason, one of those quarterbacks who just has such a high floor. Um, he had 175 passing yards, not great. 73 rushing yards, pretty good and really good for a quarterback and two rushing touchdowns also really good the last six games that he's started so it's been you know two games this season and four games last season he's averaged just under 22 points per game um and was an option as a tight end for a few of those games if i recall yes he was yeah (laughs) Yeah. he was he was he could play him as a tight end which is pretty crazy um but just i mean just 
cr- it just blows my mind that you know and and we talked about him last week against was it last week against Dallas he threw four picks and still scored like over 20 points yeah I yes. think so just Correct. insane that he has that i mean like just because he literally just he snaps it and he runs i mean like that's <laughs> literally like all he does he only threw for 175 passing yards like that is not very much at, for a quarterback and still got over 22 points or you know i mean is averaging 22 points per game the last six games so just crazy Yes, that is insane. Definitely. Um, so for my takeaways, I'm going to go to the RBs. Um, for a guy who we weren't sure if he was going to suit up, um, probably a lot of people who had the other guy as a fill-in was thinking, I hope he doesn't, but he did play. And he had 27 carries for 205 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and one catch for 13 yards, and that was Dalvin Cook crazy he ended up playing and they just kept giving him the ball i mean he was a beast um and then the second guy is a guy that man i just wish i would have kept on my team i had him and then dropped him and that was rashad penny he had 137 yards two tds and 27.8 points i think everyone last week was like i don't want any part of seattle's backfield and then Penny comes kind of out of nowhere-ish to have a great, great week. Pretty crazy. That is crazy. Quick uh, quick note here on Delphin Cook. Um, he had 153 rushing yards in the first half, and that is 36 more than any other player in the first half of a game this season. Who do you think the next player is? So this, this player had 117 yards in the first half versus Dalvin Cook's 153. Jonathan Taylor against the Ravens? Nope. He did go off against the Ravens. He did, yeah. How many points he scored that game? Um, Derrick Henry. It's not Derrick Henry. Joe Mixon against no. Pittsburgh week 12 had 117 yards and a touchdown and he's the first such a half. good player I think that guy I mean he is elite <laughs> he's so good dude and then James Robinson is third against Tennessee week five he had 110 yards and a touchdown I'm sure Honeycutt remembers that game fondly no uh-uh. not at all don't <laughs> but I got I got another nugget for y'all Got, got a nugget here. I'm going to throw out this. I'm going to compare two different backfields um, and see which backfield you believe or, or what backfield is this. So we have a backfield. These are the top two backfields, combos. Um, and so backfield A is uh, has 322.2 points collectively and has scored 13 TDs. And um, backfield two or B has 334.4 points and has scored has scored 14 TDs. So what backfields are they? They are the top two combo backfields. Mm, um, I think the Colts is one of them because Jonathan Taylor is just a beast and he probably has a majority of those points. Well, let me preface with this is a a split carried backfield, not a dominant 
Oh, so okay, it's legitimate, legitimately split carried. <laughs> yeah. Dallas. It's a good Maybe. guess. I think. Uh, I mean, Madison and Cook have both been really good. But do you mean it's like? Like, do you I mean it's like question. a a Cleveland or a Dallas split, or like like Minnesota who is split, but they don't get they don't really play at the same time. I would say more so leaning on these people have let's I didn't I didn't I wish I would have broke down the carries. They have over this amount of carries. I don't know that to be true. But based off average scoring, these two backfields lead the pack. Right. Oh, do, then, do both both of these like they have running backs that play the, in the same game. Both both backs contribute on a regular basis. Okay, great. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. So yeah, I mean I think Dallas has got to be one of them. Um I mean, the ones that come to mind are Dallas and Cleveland, but you go with Chubb and Hunt both being hurt at different times. I don't think that'd be mm-hmm. that'd be yeah. it. Um, Denver, Javante Williams. Denver, Denver. yeah, that's got to be it. Dallas and Denver. Okay, who do you feel like is number one? Not saying you'll have them all right, but if I would you say, De- say Denver. Yeah, I would say Denver too. Okay, guys, y'all are good. Y'all are smart. Applause. So the number one backfield, and this has really been because of Javante Williams' recent work. Yeah. He's really picked it up. Um, and they have the number one backfield. Um, so and Melvin look, Gordon was solid for the first few games of the season, too. Yeah, so, so they're both ranked uh, 15th and 17th. And then the second backfield is actually Green Bay. Um, wow. Okay. And yeah. they, are, they are 12 and, oh, let's see. Is Dylan like 18th or something like that? Maybe twentieth. Wow, I wonder. Dallas has got to be third. Then I wonder how close they are. I just saw it. I can't remember where uh, homeboy is. Oh, he's twenty fifth. Dylan is twenty fifth. So okay. Um, and as you look, I mean, obviously, a backfield like the Colts or the Chargers, I'm sure they have more points total. But I was really looking at more of the shared backfields. Um, so that, I thought that was just interesting, interesting takeaway. Um, and I think last week, both Williams and Gordon both had over a hundred rushing yards. I believe I want to say that. I'll check on Gordon real quick. Gordon did. And Williams, um, oh no, he got in the touch. He got a touchdown, but he didn't get. Um, yeah, yards. last week Gordon had 24 carries for 111 yards and two touchdowns. Really, really good game by Melvin Gordon. Yeah, but what was crazy is Williams still had two touchdowns as well. Yeah. He had one in the air and one on the ground. And so, I mean, they're both getting touches. And as we talked about, I think Javante Williams is really picking up steam and is a great player to have on your team rolling into the playoffs. Yeah, but that is tough with Melvin Gordon taking some carries so i know they both had really good games last week but if they go up against a tough run defense that's tough yeah but i mean your thoughts i feel like both of them could be slotted in as rb2s if you have the ability to have them as rb2s would you say that yeah i think so i think that's pretty that's very close to the case with um green bay as well um Obviously, I think Aaron Jones is a little bit more upside, but AJ Dillon's been pretty good for him. And he's what twenty fifth, so mm-hmm. he's just on the fringe of that RB two in a twelve team league. So, yeah. yeah. So, just interesting takeaway. Um, 
for our top performers for week 14. Guys, any other just great fantasy wisdom we can spit out at the fantasy uh, world before we hop into our league? I don't have anything else, I don't think. Oh, one thing I did want to mention. I actually should have mentioned this last week. I, I don't think I did. I read this article about um, the projections that ESPN does, you know, every week on their for their players. And uh, this guy, he, here's his tweet. He said, I did some analysis last year across almost 6,000 ESPN lineups and found that on that the that following that if you follow the ESPN projections, it aver- added an average of three points to your weekly score. Hmm. Wow. Versus like managers choosing them the, their own or like another one like Fantasy Pros or Reddit that ESPN projections actually average three points higher um, than the week than those those other ones. So just interesting. If you're a follow the projections kind of guy or fantasy owner out there, you have a case. There's a case to be made that it's that's the right strategy. Yeah, I, just, I feel like that never pans out for me. <laughs> Man, that's so interesting to hear because I I feel like I I am a guy that would do that follow projections and it just feels like it always kicks me in the butt when I do that. So interesting. Well, do you think you probably notice it when it kicks you in the butt more often than you're like, yeah, I got it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I probably feel it more on those yeah. for sure. Yeah. So interesting nugget. All right, guys. I think we're ready to hop in. So, hey, for all you fantasy listeners out there, thanks for staying with us for the first half. You're more than welcome to stay with us to listen to our league specifically. I'm sure there's some nuggets about it, but we really are honing in on the happenings of the FL, FFL league itself. So, um, hope you have a great week. And we are diving into the the pre-playoff power rankings with Will all right Myers. all right so we need to talk about this team at number one um they're back in first in points four so really quick to clarify will is this how they ended the regular season or is this the outlook for the playoffs how, how are you scaling it so i only did the um top eight teams because who cares about the bottom four sorry about you hey Um, hey we don't need that you two of which are right i'm speaking with right now so there you go (laughs) um so this is a little bit more of outlook for the playoffs great um now it does factor in obviously regular season i'm not going to have the number two seed in the playoffs who was seven and seven be the number one overall seed in the playoffs i mean come on you know what i mean um that would so, be homer bias if you did that it would be homer bias and i'm not i'm not one of those people so there we go um all right, all right. first chubby girlies back in first in points four they've been in the first in the power rankings i think every week except for two weeks since after week two so like 11 weeks they've been number one and this team has the audacity to text everybody and be like, no one believed in me. Oh, the yeah. Ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate Dabo Sweeney move. I mean, come on, dude. Everyone thought this team was really, really good. And last well, week. I, I was going to say, I mean, and then he pointed out me and Lassie, and I'm like, I feel like I actually stood up for this team a few times. Yeah, I, I re- remember dissing them. 
And look, anyways. and look, we have we have obviously pointed out some holes. They're, they're, that this yeah, team they're might question have. marks. They're question but, marks for sure. But they've been number one almost every single week since that point. So yeah, look, this guy just constant chip on his shoulder. It must become must be uh, a part of the DNA when you're a Georgia fan and can never get over the hump. So um, constantly feeling disrespected because you think you're better than you are even though you haven't won a national title in over 40 years. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I'm rooting for you this year, though, Wally. Um, anyways, they're playing a team that looks like a top four in the first round of the playoffs in uh, No Keepers League. Really, really tough draw for them because they have probably the hottest team in the league uh, playing. In the, they're playing them in the first round. Really, really tough. So, um, But Chevy Gurley, you're still number one. You know, Don't worry about it. It's all good. Uh, next, number two, we have Gangstas. And I I'm basically made the point that this team is so deep. Uh, the running backs are really, really, really starting to produce for a while. I, I was, you know, negative on this team. I thought David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift and James Conner and Lennon Fournette, you know, could not carry a team. And at wide receiver, they had DeAndre Hopkins, who wasn't great. But the running backs have really, really stepped up for this team. And it's made them a really formidable opponent. Um, still a tough matchup in week one against Big Easy because of the way our playoff seating works. Um, they've got to play a really good team led by Josh Allen in week one, but uh, this is a good team, and I think they've got a really, really good shot of advancing. Next is Cooks, fourth in points four in the third overall seed, uh, and they have the best matchup in the first round against Run DMC, who has lost five in a row, five in a row, and ended the year. Uh, and they still and made the playoffs, which yeah, is nuts. Still, oh, they started off so strong. They were seven and two, obviously, and I think we're first overall, tied for first overall in the league. But uh, Chubby, I think, had the uh, point differential on them. But yeah, and then they've they've uh, subsequently lost five games in a row. So it really, really helps to get off to a really good start. So kudos on that. But uh, I think the luck might have run out. You never know in fantasy football. You know, I've, I've said this on a long one game. You know, it's really, really difficult to project. But Cook says the better team. They should win. Uh, fourth is the number two seed overall, the Millennium Falcons. Um, I think I misspoke earlier. I think the Falcons are fourth in points four and Cooks is third. Nope. Cooks is. Yeah. Cooks is fifth in points for him. Sorry, I misspoke on the last one. The Falcons are fourth in points for in the second overall seed, but they're playing a really hot team in Daddy Kyle. Really, they need the running backs to produce. The wide receivers are really good with, with Debo and Devontae and uh, CeeDee Lamb. And Kyler Murray, he gives you that rushing, hopefully, uh, impact. But really, they need the running backs to score about 30 points total. If the running backs can score about 30 points total, this team's going to be really hard to beat for anybody. Um, so they just need to hit that, you know, 15 point per player and they'll be, it'll be really, really tough. Um, next is big easy, uh, tough loss this week, but fantastic performances by Josh Allen and Hunter Renfro. And, you know, we always talk about how one or two players can carry you to a title. Alvin Kamara did it last year, you know, Derrick Henry was looking like he was going to bring big easy to the title, but you know, and we talked about it earlier this year with Kyle Murray and Christian McCaffrey. You know, those two players, you don't need a whole lot else because those two players are so good. But um, with this team, you can bank on the fact that Josh Allen and Hunter Renfro are two of those kinds of players that can lead you to a title. 
So look out for Big Easy to to make a run here on the backs of Hunter Renfro and Russell Gage as well. Really, someone you can lean on in the playoffs. Um, next we have Daddy Kyle, hot team in the playoffs with four straight. George Kittle is has been a monster the last two weeks, a monster. Um, another deep team with solid running backs all over Elijah Mitchell, Josh Jacobs, Cordell Patterson, etc. McLaurin has been a liability, um, but his team has been really good and good enough to make up for that one kind of weak spot. But if the, if George Kittle doesn't put up another amazing performance, <clears throat> Justin Jefferson can, but I'm not certain if anyone else on this team has that kind of upside. His team is solid, but I think it's going to be really difficult for one player other than Kittle or Jefferson to really make an impact. And so that might make winning this week tough because it's, I mean, I'm not betting money that Kittle's going to go around 40 points for three straight weeks, um, especially with Debo back and healthy after a week coming off of injury, which was last week. So um, next we have no keepers. Last seed in the playoffs, playing the best team in the league throughout the season. Um, but this team is really good. Like we've, we've talked about, this might be the hottest team entering the playoffs. They lost this past week, which is why they're not higher up and why they're eighth in the playoffs. Um but they have a legit shot to upset Chubby Girlies. They've been outscored by Chubby Girlies by only six points so far this season, um, which is really, really close at this point in the year. So look for keepers to make a run. And the last is Run DMC, loses a five-string. Uh, they were a bad team all along. It's finally caught up with them. Um, now, look, we you know maybe they can make some noise in the playoffs, but um, they've got a tough matchup this week against – the brother hold my cooks. So we'll see if little brother can actually be a big brother this week, but we'll see. And those are the power rankings. Uh, if you want uh, some extra power rankings, bird is ninth. Maddie S and the boys is 10th CMC. And then funky town fellas are 11 and 12. So. Thank you for, for finishing it out. There you go. I appreciate that. I'm not going to go to how much detail because <laughs> no one cares, but you know, okay. So I, I do you will you give me the freedom to maybe put a spin on this? Is that okay, Will? No. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change your power rankings. No I freedom. Wanna, no no freedom. freedom. Just Come kidding. On. I don't care. Do what you want. Okay. I I I want to look at it from the lens of if I knew nothing about the previous games and I was con, I was strictly looking at their rosters in their next four weeks. Okay. I think I would shake some things up a little bit. I would too. Yeah. So because I don't look to, at it like that, but I understand what you're saying. I, I got you. So I'm looking at it strictly from what does it look like in this playoff picture with how their teams are looking, what's going on with their rosters. And so this this would be my order. And um, it goes – Why don't you go eighth to first? Go eighth to first. Let's, let's make it – get us some suspense here. I, I love it. So I'm going to start with DMC. We, we're, we're the same there for sure. We're actually the same on the first two. So I go DMC, uh, no keepers league. And then this team, as I'm looking at the roster, yes, they they have a lot of RBs, but really it's really going to be tough how they figure all of it out. They have some injuries also in that RB position. So I'm going to go gangsters. Yeah. Um, and then I, I maybe spoke too soon that I was giving this team cred, and then I'm going to go chubbies. So that's eight, seven, six, five chubbies. Keepers at four. You put keepers that, at you put keepers, yeah, you at, keepers seven at seven already. 
Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, seven. Sorry. Yeah. You had keepers at seven. Um, I have it on the Google Sheet or Google Doc. Honeycomb. Sorry. I, I have keepers. I do have keepers at four. I meant to say big easy. So we do have it different. So big easy is seventh. Big easy is seventh based okay. off roster. That makes more sense to me. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I have keepers is a better team, I think. Yeah. So. Yes. So keepers at four. Um, three, I have Daddy Kyle. I think They're his good. team, if I look at his team right now, based off previous perf- or like recent performance, most recent, going into the next four games, really like his roster. Then I go Cooks. I think from I think from his whole team, bench included, I think he has the most complete roster. And then at one, do I just wow. hate to do I hate to say this? I really hate to say this. But Why do you hate to say this? I just do. Because oh, now dude. we're not if you win, it's gonna be oh the Myers have had it the last four years. Oh, no. that's, blah, that's blah, blah, all blah. I'm not gonna that's talk all about we're that gonna at hear. all. I'm gonna talk about how I'm the only four time champ. And no one is even close to me if that happens. I'm not talking about my brother if I win the league for a record-setting fourth time when everyone else has at most one except for my brother who has half of what I have. Get serious. (laughs) I I 100% know you're going to mention that the championship has been in the Myers family for the last four years. 100% that comes out on like episode one or two next season. Oh, the preseason or preseason episode. Yes. But my number one is I may mention it, but I'm mostly going to talk about how awesome (laughs) I am. Anyways, of course. And the number one, and I think the playoff outlook from my vantage point, and really just your starter starters, which is all that matters really in the playoffs if you have no injuries happen because there's no buys. And so from quarterback to kicker in your starting lineup. I think you have the most solid and most high-performing roster. Thanks, Honeycutt. So, Honeycutt, I'd agree with those. The only thing I think I'd switch are no keepers and Daddy Kyle. And I might even bump Daddy Kyle down to fifth below Chubby. Yeah. I just yeah. don't think George Kittle is going to ha- continue to have these um, un- absolutely incredible games that he's had in the last – Two weeks. Yeah, which, and Debo, which, Debo was out two weeks ago, and Debo was coming off an injury last week. So I kind of tend to agree with you, Lassie. Which which I agree with, but I believe with the pickup of Patterson and Rodgers and um, Elijah Mitchell and, and Justin Jefferson, who's gotten really hot, I yeah. just – I think no, it's going to outweigh – I understand outweigh, that. It's and Jeff- outweigh. Jefferson has more work coming to him since, since Thielen's out. But I'm just saying, like – not counting, I'm not, and I'm not trying to do one of the things like, oh, if you take away his biggest game, then he's not that good. But not counting those last two weeks for George Kittle, he scored over 20 one time all season. Yeah. Once. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I, I like, is he really going to do that now next week? He probably will. Actually, I'm looking at his schedule. He might, he might, because he plays, <laughs> he plays That's Atlanta, then Tennessee, and then he, he freaking plays Houston in week 17. Oh yeah, so so, and I'm saying I think yeah. if George Kittle is half of what he's done the past two weeks, this roster is still really good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Play, playing the law of averages, I think it's good. Omar's team has just been really hot, except for last week, and he and he went he went. I mean, he went toe to toe with Daddy Kyle last week. He only lost by a little and bit. I would say if we just use the analysis that you gave us on that awesome Twitter, that is actually in line with their also their projections. I'm just gonna go with that. This roster has higher projections. Yeah, it's true. 
Then who? Well, I'm saying like this list, their projections are kind of in order with their ranking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like what they're projected for this week. So I don't know. You you can take it. Uh, we also we we firmly believe on this podcast in the in the Will Meyer system. Willis cool. There's there's Willis no cool. other system other than Willis cool. It's it's the best yeah. system. But. I just wanted to give it a look for if we weren't really looking at previous experience and, and looking at their roster as of now. How that no that makes that makes perfect sense. And I I, I kind of attend, I tend to agree with that ranking. Generally, um, but I factor in previous games and previous performances. I feel you. So. I feel you. Okay, well, where where do we want to go to next? Are we we want to talk about the matchups in the playoffs? We let's pick talk some about- games, dude. Yeah, let's, let's do games. matchups, and then uh, maybe in closing, we can all pick who we think are is going to win win it all this year. Okay, I like it. Who's going to lead us through these? Not me. The scoreboard. <laughs> okay. I think the I think the only player uh, who is in the playoffs um, in our should. on our pod should actually. I think All that's right, very well, very fitting. Well, so I was looking at these earlier, and I noticed for three of the four um, playoff matchups, uh, the projections are really really close. So. Mm-hmm. For Daddy Kyle versus the Millennium Falcons, one point in projected total separates the two with Daddy Kyle being favored, uh, actually. And then no keepers in Chubby Girlies. Uh, it's 0.6 points separates the two. I'm sorry, no, it's 3.6 points. 3.4. 3.4. The, You're right, the, sorry. If you get the box score, you can get, see the line at the bottom. Yeah, I looked at it earlier and did the math, and I think – Things have changed. People have updated their lineups, which is silly. Never update your lineups. Um, Always update your lineups, people. But the only one where there was like a big difference was Run DMC versus Cooks. So, um, all right, where do you guys want to start? And then I will lead the way once we decide. So just give me a matchup. Start from the top. Start from the top. Well, the top always has mine first. So we'll start with that one. So, Daddy – Daddy Kyle versus the William Falcons. Um, I think there's like three different position groups, right? You've got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and flex, so four. And I think this one is about as even as it gets. Like Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers is probably a wash. This team has better running backs. I think the Falcons – I'm sorry, Daddy Kyle has better running backs. I think the Falcons have better wide receivers. And then I think the Falcons have a little bit better flex. But if you look at the projection, for example, for tight end, it's 15.1 to 15.0 between Kittle and Gronk. And then quarterback Rodgers and Murray, it's 20 to 20.3. So, like, there's just – this team is it's, – it's a very even matchup. There's one hole on both lineups as far as I see it, and it's Terry McLaurin. He has not been playing very well uh, recently. Uh, last week – Zero points. The week before that, 5.2. The week before that, 9.1. He has only hit double digits three times since week five. So in nine games, he's hit double digits three times. So not not great. He's really the only weak link on, weak link on both teams. As a result, I think I'm going Millennium Falcons. Okay. 
Man, I, I'm as you were talking through that, I'm scrolling through because I'm really looking at the bracket as well. Um and seeing how it's gonna play out, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything for this matchup. So I'll go ahead and pick it. But um I I really want to call the upset, even though I just said that I think the Falcons have the best roster. I really, really, really want to go with Daddy Kyle, but I think I'm going to – Well, they're favored by one according to ESPN. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. But I believe in my own rankings. So Mm, I'm going to go go with the Falcons. I think they pull it out. I think you have more star power and you have a higher potential for one of your players to really go off. I would agree with that, yeah. So I'm going to go with the Falcons. Hey, this is tough. This is a tough one. Um, I think this is the best matchup of the of, of the first. It might be. And I if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that Josh Jacobs and Cordero Patterson would have been better than Saquon Barkley and Antonio Gibson, mm-hmm. I would have said you are absolutely off your rocker. That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Just yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. So. We do, like Will said, I mean, the hole for Daddy Kyle is Terry McLaurin. He has not been great. Uh, the hole for the Falcons is Saquon Barkley also has not been great. Um, and so both teams, you know, have kind of a significant hole there and they're starting um, in their, you know, top five player, you know, whatever the, the first, you know, top receiver and top running back. But because you guys both picked the Falcons, I'm going to go with Daddy Kyle here. And it honestly oh. kind of, it, it kills me to do it because, um, you know, Daddy Kyle just gives me such a hard time every year in fantasy football. But I, I'm going to stick with the hot team. He's peaking at the right time. And I think Daddy Kyle's going to take this one from the Falcons. Sorry, Will. No offense taken, except I'm really mad at you. Um, can can I say though I I think one of the most important games is going to be that San Francisco game and I really do believe Samuel is going to come back to life and he's going to have the best game of the three of these players and that's going to put you overboard well there's there's a few interesting like little matchups for this so Aaron Rodgers is going to start and Devontae Adams is obviously his primary pass catcher so That's very true. And the Packers don't have a ton of other options. Their other option is probably Aaron Jones from like a pass catching perspective realistically. So mm-hmm. Devontae Adams is by far his best target. So look for that one to be offset a little bit. And then yeah, San Francisco playing the Falcons. George Kittle, Elijah Mitchell, and Debo Samuel are all in this game. They'll all have a huge impact. And Patterson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, Patterson and Patterson. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this that's going to be a huge game, especially for Daddy Kyle. He's got three players going in that one game. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's obviously not very good, but, you know. And I, I really would be worried about Barkley because I think Dallas's defense has really stepped it up. And so I, I can't even run on that defense. I don't know. Yeah, I you know that's a really good point. I don't know how well he's going to run, um, but the last but several games he's he had has, a lot of yeah, catches. That's true. Um, he had a receiving but, touchdown this past week. So, and I mean, who you literally aren't going to play anybody else. Like you're not going to do Zach put Zach Moss or Ty Johnson no. in. So, no. um, he's you your go only, only chance there. Yeah, got to ride with him. All right, next we have uh, no keepers versus Chubby Girlies. I think this is another fantastic matchup we've talked about. Chubby Girlies has really been the best team all year. No keepers is probably the hottest team with the exception this past week. They've really been on the tear. 
I think I'm going to go with Chubby Girlies. Nick Chubb is one game at post injury return. Patrick Mahomes seems to be playing much better. Cooper Cup is amazing, and and Tyler Lockett has been very very good recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 16, 12, 19, and 28 the last four games. So um, I think he had a little dip there. Did Tyler Lockett, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chubby Girlies. But this one is another really really good matchup. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, man, I think this really hinges on no keepers RB two. Um, if Carter comes back and he is anything like what he was before, um, I think no keepers has a really good shot. But if if Carter is not what he I may start Singletary. I don't know. He's had a few good games back to back. Oh man, I really do think I really do kind of believe in the hot streak of this no keepers league, and I actually think they're set up well to make the championship game based off the bracket. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this is going to be. I'm going to pull the upset here. No keepers league over Chubby. Man, we we have some great matchups here. Uh, one note here for no keepers. Okay. Omar, you've got to not play the Seahawks defense against the Rams. <laughs> Put in the Dolphins. No, Put he in the he, Dolphins against he the has. Jets. He has. Oh, he has. Did he switch it? I, I think based I don't off see what, that. based off what I'm looking at. I need to refresh my page. Hold on. Maybe. Okay, he did. He did. He did. Yep, yeah, it's he's in. Okay, great. Good job, Omar. You listened to me <laughs> before I knew you had switched it. Uh, man. I know you don't bet against Alabama. Apparently, you should bet against Georgia when they play Alabama. Mm. Omar's team is no Alabama. But outside of Daddy Kyle's last two weeks, Omar's coming in, like we've said, time and time again as the hottest team in the league. He has a lot of good star power. I do think you're right, Honeycutt. I think it really hinges on Michael Carter um, coming back. We've seen a couple guys, uh, you know, a small handful of guys break the – the injury curse um, coming back after injury. I don't know if Michael Carter is going to be one of those guys, especially going against Miami, but man, I don't know if I can do pick two upsets like this, but um, I guess technically daddy Kyle over the Falcons wasn't an upset. So I'm going to pick no keepers on this one. Okay. Who's also favored over Chubby girlies according to ESPN. So you're just picking chalk there, Lassie. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. go. I haven't. So that, that I, that's I'm clean. I haven't picked an upset yet, so that's good. Nope. Um, all right. So this next matchup, uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm seeing Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry are both out for this week. Mm-hmm. Gangsters is going to have to really kind of dig into that bench, and he doesn't have a whole lot of options. Um, whereas <laughs> I think Big Easy has more options. So I'm actually going to go with Big Easy for this one because I think he's more easily able to replace uh, Jarvis Landry. <clears throat> Gangsters doesn't have any wide receivers. I think he's, he's in a really tough spot. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, this team, Gangsters, Matthew Myers, you're going to have to go out on the waiter wire and make a good decision on a receiver, and that could hinge on this whole whole thing for you, your playoff hopes, your championship hopes. Um the big easy team, as much as I don't necessarily believe in this roster, I think they're going to get it done this week. 
Yeah, I'm picking Big Easy also. I mean, looking at, like you said, OBJ is out. Um, Hopkins is is questionable and might not. I don't know if he's going to play or not either um, mm. against Detroit. And he hasn't really been himself yeah. anyway. He hasn't um, been great. Hurts is back, but I don't know. I mean, Gangsters has some work to do on the waivers. So, I mean, who? I don't think he's going to want to play Emmanuel Sanders, who's also hurt, or Kadarius Tony, who's also hurt. And he, those are his only two wide receivers. So uh, I'm going to go big easy on this one as well. All right. Last but not least, run DMC. Were we big easy across the board on that? We were. Yeah, yeah okay. I believe so. All right. Last but not least, run DMC versus hold my cooks. I think Cooks is the better team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's been amazing. Mike Evans, Harry Hill are about as good options as you could have at wide receiver. Um, Run DMC starting Rashad Penny, who obviously had a really good week last week, but I, you know, I just don't know how viable an option it's going to be from week to week. I really, really, really want to pick what is actually an upset here. And run DMC, but I'm. I think I'm gonna go. Hook, I'm gonna go Cooks because I do think they're just the better team generally. So, yeah. Um, man. So I'm gonna circle back to what I was saying when I'm looking at the uh, the pair of fours that are on each side of the bracket. I think I really do believe in this hold my Cooks team for some reason. I like their roster. And really, it's I think it's because of, of Jonathan Taylor and what yeah, he can do. Yeah, it's hard to bet against him. <laughs> and Tyreek Kill. That's a great combination there. Um, I think really the question mark is that RB, RB2 and then also Lamar Jackson. Uh, kind of got injured, uh, but he does have Tua, who's played decent. Um, so I am going to go with Hold My Cooks, and I really um, I want to go ahead and make a, a very bold prediction, but I think I'm going to hold on to it. Um, so I'm going to hold – Hold on to hold my cooks. Yeah, I'm gonna go. This is tough because I'm I'm right there with with you, Will. I really want to pick um, DMC to just do it one more time, somehow pull out a win. But he's been on a five game losing streak. He hasn't won in five weeks. That is rough, really rough. Um, even with the question mark of around Lamar and uh, Miles Sanders as well. I still think that Cooks has uh, has what it takes to get this one done, and and um, DMC takes an exit out of the playoffs. There you go. Um, are we going to pick the last two? I guess we have to. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, run CMC versus Bird. Yeah, Bird starting lineup consists of Deshaun Jackson and Marquez <laughs> Valdez Gambling. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Cole gonna go, Beasley. I'm going to go run CMC. I am uh, as well. Run CMC. Yeah, and I don't know if Bird is even going to update his roster because he didn't didn't last week when the playoffs was, was on the line. So I'm going CMC too. Yes. All right. Yeah. Finally, Funky Town Fellas versus Matty Ice and the boys. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to go Funky Town Fellows, assuming his his roster looks like it's it's updated. I'm going to go Funky Town Fellows. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, I'm going to go with Natty Ice and the boys. 
I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Funky Town too. I just Maddie Ice is is struggling. Russell's not been good. His running backs are pretty rough. He gave up his best wide receiver to try to make the playoffs, which was a good move at the time to try to make playoffs, but he didn't do it. Funky Town's gonna win this one. And that's it. Finally. Can I change a pick? No. No. What, what do you want, want me to change? You want to change? I, I I'm trying to make some ground up on y'all, and I think I want to go. Even though I, I really believe in the Cooks team, I'm going to go with the upset of DMC. If you will okay. let me make that change, I'm fine with that. I don't really care. Okay, sweet. DMC over Cooks. Got it. That sounds great to me. All, All right, right. You want to wrap up with some playoff picks? Like who's going to win? Who we think is going to win? Well, based on, I feel like we got to follow our picks, but well, yeah, you I mean, do have you to pick, follow your picks. Yeah, if you if you didn't pick Omar to win and you think Omar is going to win at all, then there's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I did pick him to win in his week. Oh yeah, who would like to go first on this? I'll start. Not much explanation here, but my pick to win it all is Omar. No keepers league. Honeycut. Yeah, I. I think the I'm going to start with this. I think the matchup in the championship game will be the Falcons and no keepers, and I think no keepers pulls it out. Obviously, <laughs> I really like my team. I made moves to try and get the best team I could, and I think it's pretty darn good. But it's tough to go against Cooper Cup. Whoa! I'm going Chubby Girlies. Wow! Jamar Chase have been so good. Wow! Tyler Lockett has been really good too. Patrick Mahomes, Nick Chubb. That's a tough lineup. I'm going to go Chubby Girlies. I am. I'm a little shocked. I would. I don't. I don't don't know if I was expecting that pick. Why? Did you pick them to beat no keepers? I did. I was the only one. Okay. Okay. I do think I do think the winner of this game or Daddy Kyle and the winning Falcons will win the league. I, I yeah. I think mm-hmm. I think those two teams will probably whoever wins these first weeks, I think has the best shot to make it the finals. And then whoever makes it the finals, you know, we'll see. But I think those four teams are the are the are the and now I do think Cooks is very good and it would not shock me if they make it, but I think for now those these matchups are going to be really definitive for the playoffs moving forward. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's What's so crazy is just week to week, you just never know what's going to happen. You never know. You and never that's know. why, Honeycutt, if you recall, we used to do two-week playoffs. I do um, remember that. Which, remember. Was, which was fantastic. The playoffs were four weeks. There were four teams. The semifinals and the finals were both two weeks each. So it was a much better – representation of who would win it's like a seven game series in baseball versus mm-hmm. the the ncaa tournament which is what we have here where it's madness like you never know what's going to happen so um but we obviously elected to get more teams in the playoffs make the regular season more meaningful longer which it really has a regular season for our league is fantastic mm-hmm. um and then yeah. it kind of it's a little bit more chaotic in the playoffs because obviously any team can win week to week but still still quite fun well, what I what I like about it too is it like if we only had six or four teams making the playoffs, 
a lot of guys would have been out a long time ago. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and like literally this came down to the last week of people getting in. Yeah. So which was just made it made the whole season a lot of fun. Yeah. And so yeah, like true. with the, the way our structure is now, the best team doesn't always necessarily win, but it makes for a really, really fun tournament and a really, really fun regular season as people are fighting to get in because they know if I just get in, I could I could win it all. So Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we'll we'll consider the other option again for this league. Who knows? As we walk into the future of our our league, but about this year, hope these teams finish strong. It, it's it's going to be fun to keep up and watch which team pans out. And um, yeah, I don't. I know we had talked through potentially talking through um, what went wrong, what went right. Are we going to save? Hang on to that maybe till the end of the season. Yeah, I think we saved that. Okay. Yeah, let's do let's save that for our, our last episode wrapping up the season. I think we should do that. Yeah. So for y'all out there, what we're planning to do for our league is we're planning on doing that, what we just talked about, but also giving some uh, maybe some awards out, talking about rookie of the year, best player, that type of thing, um, to wrap up our league. Um, and then we will go from there. So another great week on the pod. Thanks for joining us, guys. Any any closing statements from y'all? Man, fantasy football is almost over for the season, which is sad to say. But if you guys made the playoffs, congratulations. You're in it. Anything can happen in the playoffs. So I wish you all the, the very best in your future endeavors in fantasy football. And I just, you know, playoffs. I'm glad that I'm in the playoffs. It's the best feeling in the world. You know, you, you really – there's nothing quite like knowing your team has a chance. And when you're eliminated early and you're not making the playoffs, it's like the worst feeling in the world. So like, I'm so glad I'm in the playoffs and I'm, is it worse to be eliminated early or to be eliminated late? I don't know. I was just kind of talking jive because neither of you guys are in right. the playoffs. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. For sure. Well, everyone out there, um, like John always says, you can follow us on the social media, um, or you can also email us at what's the email, John? FLFFFL.pod at gmail.com. And our social media tag is FLFFFL underscore pod. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow. Give us a shout out. Send us a mailbag question like our good friend Matthew Myers did via email. I literally was so amped when I saw that come through. I was like, I don't get any emails to that email address except. <laughs> except Twitter notifications notifying me that Matt Lance tweeted a couple pictures because I, I follow him from our Twitter account. So Hilarious. I was like, I was pumped. So send us, send us some mailbag questions. We love it. Yes, please send us some questions. We'd love to answer some more as y'all enter the playoffs or talk through your playoff matchups, but guys keep it chilly, My friends, peace out y'all. I don't listen to fantasy football podcasts.